Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. When I was a young lad, can I say that now? I still am? Yeah, but everybody who says I still am are much older than me, like much older. Um, But uh, when I was a young lad, I think probably maybe grade five, grade six, um, being part of a ministry family, cue violins, can everybody just start to play a violin right now? Just the Hallmark movie, uh, background music. Oh, hold on, hold on. I might actually have something here. You ready? Uh, Here we go, Andy, there you go. Oh, there we go. You ready? There's some atmosphere. Did you feel the atmosphere just come in just then? (laughs) When I was a young man, When I was a young man, for those watching online, somebody said I'd never been kissed. No, and I still haven't been. No, no, I'm joking. Um, When we were a ministry family, when we were a ministry family, we still are. You know, um, brand names weren't that important. Don't get me wrong. We never went without. We always had clothes on our back. We always had shoes on our feet, food in our belly that's what you could, no, I'm joking. Um, We always had what we needed, but brand names wasn't important back then. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? Right? And so, you know, to, to kids these days, like brand names are important. Like what you wear, not only what you wear, it doesn't matter whether it looks ridiculous, good or not, Brand names are important. In fact, sometimes the more ridiculous it looks, as long as it's a brand name, it's cool, right? And so um, I'm just gonna take away the atmosphere now, okay? So back in the room. um, And so brand names, like back, back when I was a kid, like to have anything brand name was like, I'm in, right? One day, Levi's, Levi's were a thing back. They still are-ish. One day, one day, there were these basketball boots. Now, you've got to understand the basketball shoes that I was wearing at the time, do you know when plastic wasn't quite rubber and rubber wasn't quite plastic? They were the soles. Man, if, if, if I ran on wet concrete, the soles would became ice skates. Does that make sense? There was like it, like, it looked like there was lots of grip on them, but because they were probably like a, maybe a Kmart brand or Target. I mean, Target has gone up, hasn't it? Right, in quality? Are we talking here? Is anyone there? Right? It's like it's, it's gone up in quality. Well, back when I was a lad, 
Those soles weren't rubber, man. They were plastic and like you'd hear them slap down the court, right? And if there was a little bit of moisture, I'd just slip it, you know, and, and they were hot. They didn't breathe. Remember shoes that just did not breathe, right? And there was about, it was about three mil of sole underneath them and you may as well have been wearing bare feet. Well, one day, one day, and, and, I, I, and I love my parents, mum's in the room, I can say this openly, we, we never went without. <clears throat> but one day, a market turned up to school. And in that market, there were some Puma basketball boots. And they were leftovers from the Perth Wildcats. Well, they were like it in a bit. I knew my basketball game was just going to go like that, having wearing these Perth Wildcat X boots, right? Like they were fancy, they were a bit purple in colour, they had grip on them, they were actually made of leather and rubber, like real rubber that would actually bend and flex and that you, 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 your feet would breathe in them. The issue is, and the issue was, was I was really only about a size 11 and a half, 12. Well, these were... 15s. <laughs> and I tell you what, when, when mum came home with those, they were, man, baby, I'm going to make them fit. So after about six pairs of socks, they fit like a glove. Right? And I made them fit and they were just like, oh, I felt like Ronald McDonald running down the basketball court because these shoes were just, and, probably, and still are, I don't have them anymore, honey. I don't have them hiding away in the cupboard anymore. But, but, they, 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 but man, did I feel awesome. Did I feel awesome. I'm telling you this very long, elaborate and very interrupted story for a reason. I felt the Lord, and this is not part of uh, today's message, but I felt the Lord today that, say, that far too often we try and make the word fit around our lives as opposed to us and as opposed to it doing the work in us is what I'm trying to say. We try and fit into where the word and, and it doesn't quite fit so we tailor it to ourselves to make ourselves feel good or make ourselves, uh, you know, feel as though we're, we're, we're doing the right thing as opposed to really what the word is designed to do and that is to do a work in us, to take effect in us, to allow it to change us. Hello? We can put as many socks on as we like those boots still ain't going to fit. They can look good. They can feel good. They can kind of do their job. But friends, the word of God is described as sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, muscle and sinew. 
It is just so good at doing its work. And, and why, why does the word do its work? The word does its work because well, it's not just that we need it, but it's good for us. The Bible says that, that the word of God brings health and life to all flesh, to all those that would embrace it, to all those that will, would allow it to do its work in us and on us. And so as we open and we share the Word today together, I would encourage you, allow the Word to do its work in you. Allow the Word and the wisdom and the power of it to activate your spirit, awaken your heart to the things that the Lord longs to show you today. We know that the Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Amen? Amen. So it's not just in the doing, but it's in the allowing the word to have its way. We don't shape the scripture to suit us. We have to allow the scripture to shape us Hello? But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Friends, if we remember back to what our life used to be before Jesus and we remember what our life is like now, and, and even, if, even if that was a very, very long time ago, even if you were to look back, say, five years or 10 years, you can see how the Word has gently and sometimes abruptly shaped you. Sometimes how God has grabbed your attention and say, hey, listen to this. I love you. So therefore, I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be shaped, to be empowered, to ultimately encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled face, do you know what a veil did? A veil hid away. A veil created a, 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 a barrier. A veil said, you can't quite see me because, because I'm ashamed or, or because I can't be seen. Whereas what the Lord has done is he's taken that veil away so that we can look boldly into the face of Jesus. Friends, this is the opportunity that we have. This is the joy that we have. This is the thing that we have when we come into church and we, and we, and we sing songs together. It's with an unveiled face. Yes, life can be hard. Yes, each week can be hard. Each day can be hard. But guess what? When we come to Him, we can come to Him with all that we have. Hello? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Ephesians 4, verse 22. And I love this one. 
Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, which is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Who loves their new self? Some people do. Guess what? Some people don't. (laughs) That's the truth of it. Hey, guess what? You've been created in the image of God. Start to be in love with the new self that God is shaping you into because today you might be one thing, but tomorrow is a brand new day. Hallelujah. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Today, God might be shaping you into something today that you are needed to be for tomorrow. Amen. Before I was a father, I knew I was going to be a good father, but I didn't know how good. Now that I am a dad... I know I'm good. (laughs) Right? Right? Josh, that was your cue. But he's saying, all right, yeah. See, we know that it's within us. But hey, sometimes we've just got to have permission. Hey, you have permission. You have permission. Be the new self. Put it on. It's It's like makeup in the morning. Sometimes you want to just conceal a few things. Well, I don't. Priyanta, you don't either, right? I can see it. Yeah, you don't need it, nor do I. Well, I don't know. But anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's putting on, all right? Ladies, sometimes you just feel a little bit more special when you've got something on. Yes? Guys? <laughs> we don't need it. <laughs> We're just beautiful the way we are, right, Mike? Yeah? Yeah? That complexion, beautiful. Ephesians 5. Be imitators of God. What? As beloved children. You know, when kids are growing up, they try on mum and dad's shoes. I remember trying on mum's high heels. Yes, I did it. Club, 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 club. Why would you wear these stupid things? Club, 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 right? I remember it. And it's like that. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, like the children do. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Glory, hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to pray. Father, right now we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. Lord, we just ask right now that your word would do its work in us. We give your word permission to, to, to call us into life. So Lord, right now, with every, every uh, fibre of faith within us, God, Lord, we just thank you for answered prayer. We thank you for healing and breakthrough. We thank you for the applied word. We thank you, Lord, that you are pulling us up, Lord, into a new place in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for revival in this city. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you you for what you have done. And Lord Jesus, right now, we ask that you would come with the word of truth against the works of the enemy, against 
against the works of flesh, Lord, right now. Lord, against, Lord, errors of sin in our life, Lord, we want no part of it in Jesus' Name. And therefore we step into the power of Your truth. We step into the power of Your Word and apply it to our hearts today in the Name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen, amen and Amen and Amen. Well, everybody see the word koinonia. That's right, here I've got some change, some koinonia. That's how you say it, koinonia. It's, and koinonia is something that has been talked about in church for a long time. It may be new to you. You may be watching online and that you may not have ever heard that phrase before. But it is Greek for a very simple, very simple English translation. It means fellowship. Fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. And fellowship is a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a funny word that's probably banded around church too much. It's like, you know, we get to the end of the service and enjoy some fellowship together. You know, if I was going to go down to the footy club and after the game say, come on, boys, let's go have some fellowship. They would look at me very, very, very strangely, right? Well, essentially, yes, we understand what fellowship is, but I believe that it needs redefining within our community and within our culture because fellowship is not just having a cuppa and saying, how's your week been? It might start with that, but it is so much more than that. Are you ready? Fellowship or koinonia is so important that... It's actually part of God's design for your life and the interaction with others. Do you know that your fulfilment and your life is closely linked to how you walk with others? It is really, really, really important. You know, sometimes I turn to Anna and I say, come on, let's go buy our acreage up in the country. Let's grow our own stuff. Let's dig a big hole that if, if bombs hit, we can crawl into. Let's just hide away from the world, but keep shops close. <laughs> but the truth is, we cannot live an isolated life, no matter what our personality might be, because our development, our growth, and what God wants to do in our life is closely linked to walking with others. The Bible's very clear on what constitutes fellowship or koinonia, but it may not be what you think. Ultimately, it comes from the word koinos, which is, which is an adjective. It's Greek for common, as opposed to fellowship. It's Greek for common, common. And I'm not talking a common person, but to have something common in life. Throughout the word, it's used as fellowship with the, with the definition of fellowship 12 times. It's used as the word for koinos, uh, for the word communion, four times. It's interesting, isn't it? It's used for communion. Remember how we talk about communion, that we have a common union? All right. What brings us together is Jesus. 
What brings us together is the celebration that Jesus Christ is our Lord and he, and he died for our sin and he defeated the enemy and all authority has been given to him. This is what draws us commonly together. Hello? Communion. It's used for the word communication once. It's used for the word distribution once. It's used for the word contribution once. And it's used for the word to communicate once. So koinos here actually has much more of a meaning than just fellowship. It's fellowship, it's communion, it's communication, it's distribution, it's contribution, and it is to communicate. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. It says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now let's just go back to the top here. It's very important that here, John is saying something absolutely profound. He's saying, what, we've, what we are talking to you about right now is what we have seen and what we have heard. What we have seen with our own eyes and what we have heard. In other words, it's not just something that we read about in a book. It's not just something that we, uh, you know, that we, um, uh, uh, you know, we were sitting around the fire and somebody was telling a long story, right? This is what he's saying. He's saying, we have seen this and we have heard it with our own ears. So what is it? What is it that they have heard? They have seen and heard. So we're talking about the New Testament record. Do you understand? So this is long after Jesus has died. He's, rosen, he's risen again. And now we're talking about John. He's seen and he's heard. He's experienced what he's talking about. And it's not just him. He didn't say, I have seen and heard. It's we, all of us have seen and heard. And it's a New Testament record that he's writing. So again, I'm not talking about the Old Testament. Whilst they are remarkable stories of where the Lord uh, saved, provided, brought judgment, redeemed, amazing stories. Now we are talking about a New Testament truth that he has seen and heard. The end purpose, he's talking about the end purpose for which God has made available to us. This is the end purpose. That we might have fellowship Koinonia, together and with the Lord. So here's John. I, I don't see, you've got to understand how profound this is. See, John here is, is writing this remarkable thing. He goes, everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard leads to this one profound thing. That you and I would have fellowship and we together would have fellowship. 
What did Jesus say? What's the greatest commandment? That you love one another as I have loved you. Wow. What Sum up all the Gospels. Jesus is perfect theology. He just lives and breathes it. He is just like, here it is, folks. Let me simplify it all down. That you would love one another. That we might have fellowship together. And together we would have fellowship to the Lord. It's a vertical relationship and a horizontal relationship. Walking with the Lord together. Praying together. Worshipping together. Fasting together. Laughing together. Crying together. This is the ultimate here. Hello? So, some people have different experience with church. The more and more people I uh, talk to that don't go to church, that used to go to church, is, is, is they don't go to church because they were hurt in church or somebody did something to them in church. And I want to say, if that's, if that's you and you're here today, if you're hearing this online or, or, or it was a long time ago, then I, I, I want to sincerely say this, that is not God. That was not God's plan for your life. That was not part of who he is. And, and the unfortunate reality is that hurt people hurt people. And sometimes I have hurt people by what I've said, by what I've done, sometimes by what I haven't said and not done. But the truth is this. We ought to keep a short account with each other and with the Lord. Hello? Because the ultimate goal is that we would love one another. Amen? Otherwise, what we fall into is conditional connection. Now, I'm not, not going to go into the area of boundaries. There are, there are appropriate boundaries, right? I'm not going to sleep over at your house when I'm meant to be home with my family, right? You understand? You know, uh, there are appropriate boundaries within living and doing what we need to do. But the truth is this, is that <clears throat> the idea is that we have complete connection. But it's, it's not conditional connection in terms of what can you do for me and what can I do for you? Because that's not real servanthood, is it? Hello? And that's not real love, is it? All right, let's go a bit deeper. Are you ready? <laughs> Sometimes at first, relationship can be scary, right? I know for some of us, it might have been a long time since we've dated. A long time since we've dated. And if you're married, I encourage you not to go out and start dating. That's not what I'm saying. You might be out, you might want to date your spouse. You're still dating, are you? Okay, right. And that's important and that's really good, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Hello? Was it a little bit funny? Whew, feels, feels tense in here right now. Okay. 
But at first, there's a bit of a getting to know each other, right? Right? It's a, it might be a little bit mechanical. And that might start with coffee and, is that popcorn? Mini marshmallows. It might start with coffee. Aaliyah, how exciting is that, right? Mini marshmallows. Um, you know, mini marshmallows. That's how relationship in koinonia might start. But that's not the depth of it. Hello? There is a common, there's always a common goal and common outcome. This is what koinonia is all about. There's this common goal and common outcome. It's relational connection, but it is the, this absolute point of, hey, we are coming together to glorify the Lord in everything that we say and do. You know what it is to shake hands, right? Right? If I was to walk up to Mike right now, out of the camera angle, g'day Mike. But if I walk up to Mike and I just go, I gross, right? Yeah. It was a loose handshake. I didn't look him in the eye, anything like that, right? We've, we have to understand that, you know, the Bible says even, even, even more than that, greet each other with a holy kiss. Come on, Mike. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> now, that may not be part of our culture. That was their culture at the time. I remember the first time that I got a kiss on the neck by my father-in-law. <laughs> what did just happen, right? Like it was like, because it wasn't part of me growing up. That wasn't, now, now we just, oh, it's just all the time. No, no, I'm joking. No, <laughs> no special occasions only. But the point is, <clears throat> the point is, is that that was cultural at the time. But you see, you've got to understand is that to shake hands with one another was this agreement. It says, I see you. I'm not holding a weapon. I'm not here to harm you. You are no threat to me. We are on equal ground. We are on even standing. I recognise who you are, and I recognise God in you. That's ultimately what a handshake was all about. Hello? How easy has handshakes now become something else? Do you remember when handshakes were your bond? Houses were sold, cars were bought, agreements were made on a handshake. Back in the day. Not now. Not now. Why? Because I believe we've got to work harder on building connection with one another so that, and I'll come to that at the end of that sentence. Are you ready? It goes beyond an acquaintance. It goes beyond ordering chops from your local butcher and saying, G'day, Jono, how are you going? How's the family? It goes beyond walking into your local petrol station and, and seeing somebody working for a minimum wage job and without any enthusiasm. It goes beyond. Sometimes it even goes beyond our family members. How many know the saying, blood is thicker than, right? 
because family is family. Like, you know, some, some families are really close. Some families are, 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 are um, dysfunctionally close. <laughs> um, uh, some families are really, really tough. You know, it's hard. Like, um, you know, some families are, are, are culturally different. Some families are, you know, but ultimately, often when the chips are down, families band together, right? Australia has a beautiful culture that when the chips are down, we tend to all band together. We look at, you know, we were at the Diamond Creek Festival last night, the Diamond Creek Fair, and, and uh, this, the uh, CFA, the local, all the local CFAs did their lantern parade as they walked down and the bagpipes played. And Kelly and I were talking about the fact that um, after all the bushfires, there were hundreds of people lining, clapping. Hundreds. Now there might have been a couple of hundred. Hey? Because we, we easily forget, don't we? We easily forget what it was like. So as a nation, what tends to happen is that, is that when we've got our backs up against the wall as a community, yeah, we band together, but then life happens. We forget to value one another. We forget to come together. We forget to uphold one another and build each other in connection. Why? Because as we do that, as we build together with connection in a trusting relationship, in a trusting way that, 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 that lifts each other up and, and helps disciple each other in the Lord, what happens is, is that we fall into separate. We fall into subcultures, we fall into different spacing and we forget to relate. We forget what the handshake was. We forget what a handshake means. We forget what it is to look somebody in the eye and say, how are you? If this was the case, what about within church life? Have we let this affect us? Have we let it get into our lives of how we approach one another? Let me tell you, in the back of everything that I say, there are appropriate and healthy boundaries, but I'm not just here to talk about that yet. Hello? You know what the Bible says about the people around you right now? It says that you are brothers and sisters in Christ. And you talk about blood is thicker than water. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. But because so often we've been hurt in the past, we say, no, that's far enough. You know what that is? That's rejection. And friends, we've got, to, we've got to disallow the spirit of rejection in the church because for years, religion leads to rejection and it ultimately leads to people not being in church. There's a whole stack of people out there that might love God, might even remotely believe in God, but will never step foot back in church. Why? because it's time for us to come back together, amen? It's a matter of our heart's response to those around us. 
Koinonia, friends, is a huge challenge to our culture and society. Are we in Koinonia with everybody in our community? No, that's impossible. It's impossible. We have to understand that there are limitations to what one person can do. Aha, but a growing and active church. A growing and active church, impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible, friends. And this is the difference. If there is one connector in the room, there can be a hundred connectors in the room. If there's one person that's, that's busy working, connecting everybody else, that is important and that is fine. But friends, when we all pull together to understand what the Lord is wanting in this word, koinonia, common, we have this one thing that's common in place, that we all turn towards Jesus. That my goal is to say, hey, stop, just get your eyes off, off the world around you, off all the troubles, turn off that radio, turn off that TV for a time and just spend a few moments just focusing upon the Lord. Just allow Jesus to minister into your heart, to minister into your mind, to allow the Word to do its work in your heart. Man, I've fulfilled my job. I've fulfilled my role. I've fulfilled the common, the koinonia calling upon my life to say, hey, look to Jesus. We sang that song, all to Jesus, I surrender. Bring up verse two, verse three, where it sings that, that all I have is His, amen? So, the common thing, John chapter 13, verse 35 says this. Jesus said these words. He said, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that an amazing thing? You know, Anna and I watched uh, just recently the movie um, The Jesus Revolution. And it's the story of Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith and the whole Jesus movement that came out of uh, California and really it spread all over the world. It was just, it made the cover of Time magazine, the media were all part of it. It was just a remarkable thing. And, and you know what, in that movie, what the stark contrast was between the church of the day and what God was actually doing? You know what the stark contrast was? Love. Love. See, everybody who was in church was so stuffy, was so lemon suckers, you know those people? They were so uptight about religious things that were not important to Jesus and never have been. And what Jesus was actually doing was moving in the hippies. <laughs> moving upon people who the world had rejected, but they were searching, they were hunting, they were hunting and looking for answers. They were looking in all the wrong places, but still Jesus found them and drew them out of that, 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 that scene and that place. And, 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 and a whole movement happened all around the world. Amazing things. I'd encourage you to see it. 
So what do we have in common? We have this thing. If we were going, if we were to go back to that scripture that I opened with in 1 John, then it says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship, our koinonia, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship, the koinonia, of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Mike, could I borrow you for a minute? Everybody welcome, Mike. Good to see you. Good to see you too. See that greeting? I see you, right? That's what it is. Right. What we have to understand, this is completely unrehearsed and I'm making it up on the spot. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Mike is my brother-in-law. And so so if, if Sandra had not married my sister, if my, Sandra, my sister, had not married Mike, then our paths may not have ever led to this moment right now. He might have found somebody else. Who knows, right? Possibly. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Not likely, but possible. This scripture is saying this. And it is so much more, but I am simplifying it for effect. You understand? Koinonia that Mike and I are having right now, in this same way, we are called into koinonia with the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit. Do you see this? Is Mike above me or beneath me? Is there any power struggles going on? Am I shaking his hand like this that I'm on top? (laughs) Am I doing a two-handed controlling? No. If you know anything about body language, I mean, I've done that to somebody somewhat, you know, once, but it's not a power thing. It's just like, it's just like, yeah, let's warm those hands up. You understand? We are called into this with the very creator of heaven and earth. Isn't this remarkable? I think so many times, give, give Mike a hand, isn't that amazing? Like, wow, fantastic. I think so many times we think that koinonia, this fellowship thing, is just simply between, you know, friends or having coffee with somebody. But guess what? We are called into koinonia, having this one thing in common, this common life, this common thing with our Father, with our Heavenly Father we are invited into. This is the express reason why Jesus came. This is the express reason why Jesus died upon the cross, why we have to keep a short account of where we say, Jesus, 
Forgive me of my sin. Set me free from all these things. If there is any wicked way within me, then do away with it, Lord. I want to be washed. I want to be clean. I want to be cleansed in my thoughts with my terrible responses, Lord. I want to do away with them. Allow your word to have its work in my life. Let me stand upon it as the very foundation of who I am so that I have this one thing in common, that the Spirit of God lives in me in perfect koinonia together in perfect fellowship together that we walk with him and he in us this is why Jesus yeah praise the Lord I'm preaching myself good that's for sure because we have to understand we have to understand this is why Jesus came this is why he came to set us free to set us free to have life. And some of us are on that healing journey. Some of us are are coming to that realisation. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is so good at leading us in exactly the right way that we need. Perfectly. Sometimes things happen really quickly. What's the old ad? It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Thanks for leaving me out to dry like that, that's fine. When we hear the word fellowship, when we hear the word koinonia, we have this level of partnership and recognition with God. It's like we walk up to Jesus, we shake his hand, look him in the eye and say hi. Is is that weird for some people? Hang on, what? Jesus Christ? Well, he said that he's closer than a brother. He said that he's the first among many brothers and sisters. Friends, Sunday church is just the beginning. Coming together in worship is just the privilege of being able to sing this one thing in common. Learning the Word is like bread of life, the bread of life to us. Honouring one another as brothers and sisters is a bare minimum of how we see one another. But friends, we have to understand, remember that one word that, 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 that is sometimes difficult to swallow, and that is the one time that koinonia was used as contribution contribution. Friends, we love to receive, right? Who loves to receive? I love to receive. I love to receive a good word. I love to receive a present. Uh, you know, I, you know when, when there's a prophet, you know, if we have a prophetic ministry, I, I love, yep, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. I, I, I want to get it. It's important to be hungry like that, right? But contribution is where we contribute to one another life, love. It's recognising. It's recognising leadership. It's submitting to one another with mutual submission. Serving in the kingdom is simply something that should naturally happen. An expression of your love for Jesus and his bride 
of which you are a part of. So I want to ask you, are we too casual? Do we really understand it and apply godly connection? Do we really value the coming together of fellowship? I think back to when freedoms were taken away. How much more did we value connection with one another? Would our value for connection together look different if that was to happen again? Friends, we are an encouragement to one another. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together. In closing, I just want to touch on this, and that is often we have no problems connecting with one another in a way that we feel comfortable. But too many times we have difficulty connecting in fellowship with God. If koinos or koinonia actually in its root adjective word means common, then what on earth do we have in common with God? I mean, isn't he like the holy of holies? Isn't he bigger than, than everything put together? Isn't he all-powerful or... Is he distant? Is he close? How do I connect with you, Lord? So often we connect with God in the same way that we relate to others. What you have in common with God starts at this. You are made in his image. Do you hate his image? Do you engage with his image? If Mike and I had never met, then I can connect in Koinos with Mike for that very one reason, is that both he and I are made in the image of God. Amen. All racial walls fall down. I can overlook the fact that he barracks for Carlton. <laughs> it doesn't matter what part of this area of where he's come from or it doesn't matter what he's even done. I have this one thing in common. That he's made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, capital H, Jesus, 
If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. There is one thing that Koinos does. We can encourage each other to walk in the light. And sometimes that might mean, oi, that path you're going down, you need to change it. Sometimes it can be, hey, that, is, that, that scripture that you turned around to make it, you know, just suit you and not really what it's about. Hey, you know, you, there's financial challenges. I'd suggest you start tithing. Well, am I allowed to say that? Don't get angry with me. It's in the word. I'll tell you right now, no matter how many financial challenges Anna and I have faced, one thing is always absolute. Why? Because the promise of God is absolute. And it's the very foundation of which we base our lives upon. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. What? We have fellowship with one another? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Remember how I started today? Your walk with the Lord is closely dependent upon how you walk with others. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The more and more I talk with <clears throat> people who, and I, I say this in complete love, okay? The more and more I talk with people who perhaps have either close family members, husbands or wives that have not given their heart to the Lord, that do not walk actively in the light as what we know that to be, the more I hear their heartache of how they wish, how they hope, how they pray for their partner to come to know the Lord. How much pain and heartache it causes. How much disruption when there's kids or decisions that need to be made. And I would encourage everybody keep praying for your spouse. Keep praying for your family. Because this scripture is true. As we walk in the light together, as we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus has its work, does its thing through our lives. 
We understand that to be cleansed from sin is this moment of Jesus, forgive me, I am a sinner. We understand that to be absolute and true. But there is something else that we must never neglect. And that is the effect of us walking together in the light. Because it reveals something within us. Amen. It reveals something. That his word has its way in our heart. That his word has its way in our life. That we strengthen and encourage one another. We show up. Not just when it matters. But we turn up. We're present. Sometimes as senior pastor of the church, sometimes I, I'm, I can't be in contact with everybody all the time. But let me tell you, when the chips are down, either myself or somebody in the pastoral team will be there. Why? Because we're walking in the light together. We're activating the spirit of God together. Amen? Let's stand up and pray. Heavenly Father, right now, today, if there's anybody here, Lord, that says, yes, I want to know you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would work in their heart and their life. Lord, in this moment, that we would turn our hearts to You, that we would turn our hearts to one another. And in doing so, Lord, walk in the koinos, the koinonia of Your truth. Jesus, I thank You that we have this invitation, this invitation to to walk in fellowship with You. To walk in such a way that we walk together. That Lord, You are so holy. You are so powerful. And Lord, so many times we can feel small in Your presence. Lord, help us know the right timing to bow down before You. And also help us know the right timing to walk with You. In this moment of prayer, I I just felt prompted to refer to the story of the road, road to Emmaus of where Jesus walked with the disciples and they did not recognise Him. I think in this moment, so many of us need to understand that sometimes the Lord has walked with us and we have not recognised Him. We've heard His wisdom. We've heard His truth. We've even walked the same path that He's walked 
And yet what I feel prompted to say is now is the time for eyes to be opened, to recognise Jesus. Jesus as a brother. Jesus as Lord. Jesus as your friend. So if there's anybody here today or watching online that you wanna cross that line of faith to say, Jesus, I recognise You as my Lord and Saviour. If there's anyone here today, just stick your hand up. I wanna pray with you and stand with you in agreement. Thank You. Thank You, Jesus. Jesus, we wanna see You. We wanna know You. We wanna walk with You. We wanna walk in light, Lord. Thank You, Father. At the end of today, those who put their hands up, just come forward. I'd love to to stand with you and pray with you. But Lord, right now, as we all just turn our eyes to you, Jesus, right now, we just love you. We thank you for what you're doing. Build us together. Let your word have its perfect way in our hearts. Open our eyes that we would see you clearly. Lord, heal the hurts of broken relationship. Heal the hurts, Lord. Help us walk in You and help us walk together. In this common fellowship that You've given us, God. Lord, help us walk in greater greater togetherness, Jesus. That we would strengthen one another. And Lord, ultimately, that the world would see you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? 
We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.